Hello, welcome to the Philosophy, Science, and Religion podcast. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with Trick Slattery and our first-time guest, Daniel. And uh, Daniel, um, I don't know if you'd want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself since you're new to this podcast. I guess so. Um, so my name is Daniel DeCastro. I'm actually uh, a graduate from Columbia University. I have a master's in education, special education. Uh, from Columbia. Uh, I also have a master's in music composition from NYU. Um, I actually am a certified educator. Um, my stepfather is a PhD in philosophy from Milan University. Um, I'm published online as a, uh, a video game music um, professional. Uh, if you go on www.vgmusic.com, you can find my master's thesis. Uh, it is, uh, uh, it's, it's titled... Um, Considering the standards, I'm sorry, video, the quality video game scores, considering the standards set and personal reflections, um, a study that involved trying to introduce uh, ways of introducing um, the merits of video game music to academia. It was essential in pushing uh, into academia um, awareness of video game scores, its complexity and its, uh, I guess, uh, uh, effectiveness in, uh, you know, I guess, um, conveying um, emotional um, uh, 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 qualities in video game scores and enhancing the quality of video games, making it more of an art. Um, what else? Um, I have uh, m many years under my belt uh, as one of the InfidelGuy.com community members, uh, personal, you know, friend of uh, Reginald Finley. So I'm, I'm familiar with you know many debates on topics such as this, and uh, I happen to be a formal anti-natalist myself. I'm an atheist, determinist, humanist, big fan of Sam Harris. Um, and uh, Dan Dennett, the big three, you know, uh, Richard Dawkins and uh, Christopher Hitchens. Um, and yeah, just, uh, you know, I work at PC Richard and Son full time and I teach part time uh, in, uh, in, a, um, in a school here in New York City. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much a little bit uh, about myself. Well, that sounds like a lot, Daniel, and that's really cool about the video game music, because I'll tell you what, video game music is most of what I listen to. I love my video games. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> Good, good, good. Yeah. So, um, I so one thing, I, one question I had for you, Daniel, is I was I'm actually curious as to what it is you disagreed with about the antinatalism philosophy, since you say you're a former antinatalist. Yeah. So essentially, I mean, I, I, you know, you want to introduce Trick next, or you, before, I'll answer that question. But I don't know if you want to introduce. Trick yeah. Why, or... why don't Why don't we? Because we, we have a lot to get get into on that topic. So why don't Why don't we? Why don't we? You just introduce me real quick. Uh, you know, I'll just, I just, I'll just introduce myself. I'm Trick Slattery. Uh, anyone who's listened to this podcast has probably heard of me. Um, I've written a book on uh, breaking the free will illusion. So I, I'm a, I'm also, well, I'm not a determinist. I'm a hard incompatibilist, but but it's similar to the determinist. It's pretty much the same thing. Uh, me and Daniel both have that. In common, uh, and and that and that's kind of I kind of want to focus on that a little bit before we start the argument because I want to suggest that anytime we talk about ethics or morality or anything like that, what we're really doing is we're talking about a forward-looking ethic of like um, of a causal variety. We're not we're never backward blaming. So so if I'm saying that something is unethical. I'm not trying to point fingers at something that someone has already done. Um, so when we're because we, this topic is going to be about antinatalism specifically, 
that's that's an ethical position that I take there. So we, I just want to make that clear. Um, but yeah, so I think it'll be interesting once me and him kind of get into some of the details of antinatalism and, and what he disagrees with exactly. <clears throat> right. So, so why don't you start, Daniel? Um, uh, what okay, is your... sure. So yeah. my, my, my quip with antinatalism essentially is uh, uh, I, I think it's a subjective position. That's number one. Uh, number two, I think it's a position born of, uh, I think, a, uh, a really too high an expectation of humanity's uh, plight. Uh, I think that, uh, and I understand because I was once an antinatalist, and we discussed this in the past. And I would tell you, you know, that I did at one point think that it was unethical to, obviously, you know, bring a child into the world, considering how chaotic and how, uh, you know, terrible the world is. How can you raise a kid in such a, you know, chaotic landscape? You know, when you have so much uh, war going on, famine, the risk of uh, getting diseases, cancer, pollution. Uh, just so many things that would definitely lend itself to to, to uh, questioning, you know, just how ethical are you if you're bringing a child into this world in such conditions? And, uh, you know, I, I kind of um, realized that, you know what, I mean, I, I kind of, a lot of what kind of prompted me to move away from antinatalism, one of the main things is I was setting the bar too high for my fellow human beings. <laughs> uh, so what I mean by that was that I, I kind of uh, wanted, I, I was, I guess, more of a perfectionist. Like I expected a lot from people and, and they just were falling short. And I had a very deficit-based perspective of, of individuals in general. Um, and uh, to my surprise, uh, you know, I, I encountered, you know, I guess from that, a lot of criticism of determinists in general from, you know, high, the highest tiers of my studies in academia. There was a lot of anti-determinist sentiment. And, um, you know, and, and during my studies, you know, of course, uh, I encountered these sentiments and it kind of made me really reflect uh, on what was going on based on what my critics were telling me about determinism. And, and it kind of did supplement uh, that that doubt that I had in myself. Like, okay, so we, we have, um, obviously people are, are, are capable of some great evil. Obviously I'm bringing in a child into the world uh, among men and women of great evil, and that's not good. But uh, that's, eventually I realized, you know what? Um, nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. And uh, you know what? I, I really can't say that... Uh, that that wasn't born of, of you know, uh, that that sentiment definitely influenced me. It said it, it pretty much pushed me to say, you know what, um, there's no there's no room for these people to to get any better. They're done. They're set in their ways. There's no chance that they'll ever be able to change. So screw it all. Why should I have a child in a world like this? But then I kind of went went back and reflected often and would say, you know what, I'm pushing it too, too, too far. I'm, I'm really putting myself. Uh, on a spot that's too high because I don't even know like what the end uh, uh, result of something that's supposed to be perfect really is. What is a perfect society really? Um, you know, what, how, what evidence do I have or what example do I have of what constitutes a perfect society uh, such that I ought to, um, uh, you know, uh, in, imagine that as, a, as, a, as, a, as something that could be possible to the point where, you know what, if we can't achieve this perfect society, we'd be better off just not reproducing, just pretty much letting ourselves die off. Um, I had no real evidence of that. And, and uh, a lot of what prompted me to feel that way initially was just my, my lack of confidence in humanity, my lack of, 
I had no uh, sense of competence in humanity. And as a result, I chose that position. It kind of, you know, broke away once I realized that I was really setting the bar a little too high. I was going, I was becoming more of a perfectionist and I, I kind of lost myself in that. And I realized, you know what, I'm not perfect. I, I learned to accept uh, those imperfections in both myself and in others and um, live with it and at least try my best to do whatever I can to enjoy my life given those limits. And that's where I turned to music and, and art and uh, video games and stupid things like that. And and just being with people, talking to people and just getting to know people. Eventually, when you you know put aside these topics of politics and, and philosophy and religion, uh, you end up seeing a different side of people um, that uh, get made me a little bit more hopeful at the time. You know, you, you meet enough people, you get out of that shell, that box that, you know, especially the one that I was in. I was in such a bubble <laughs> that I'd never really had. I was not really a social creature for many years because of my atheism. Obviously, I was very limited um, with whom I could be friends with. So my world was very dark and dreary, very pessimistic, very, you know, non-optimistic at all. I mean, that that uh, kind of lent itself to, again, me being very anti-natalist and, and just to myself. I was like a little cat, you know, I couldn't be part of a herd. But it, that changed. Would it be safe to say that that you're you're against anti-natalism or you're 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 not for anti-natalism because you had this you have this idea that anti-natalism is this dark dreary um state of mind is, is that is that your position uh that's part of it i guess that's that's one reason that i would say i'm i'm no longer an anti-natalist yeah absolutely that's uh it feels like, you know what, I, I, I see people and the happiness that a child may bring to them. It, yes, while it may be selfish, uh, and that's definitely a valid point that antinatalists make, um, everybody is to some degree selfish. Uh, you, you know, that I really don't believe that there's any such thing as altruism. And I think this is also uh, something that came to mind at the time when I was an antinatalist. I, I actually uh, used to think the same way. I used to be like, you know what, um, <laughs> Everybody, you know, there's, you know, I'm, uh, this is a very selfish position. I don't, you know, it's a very inconsiderate one, you know, and, and I don't think it's ethical. And, uh, but I changed that because I realized that just the idea of, um, uh, of wanting to do good, you know, wanting to do, you know, avoid harm or, or, you know, eliminate the chance that there could be any sort of pain or suffering, uh, is a selfish desire. It's, it's, um, you know, born of good intent, but it's still selfish. So I notice oftentimes a lot of people that argue for antinatalism make the claim that it's a selfish and unethical thing. But I, I challenge that because um, the very fact that you're doing your good and, and you're uh, avoiding harm is, in fact, a selfish desire also because you don't want any harm to come to you if you can help it. And you don't want to impose any harm on anybody else if you can help it either for that very reason of self-preservation. That's a selfish act. So you, um, so you, you would say that that not wanting to impose harm on somebody else is a selfish act. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Because you know that at the end, if you create a world where you influence people not to create harm on others, it's for self-preservation ultimately. What, what um, if you, what if you do? Otherwise, it? why not? Otherwise, well, sorry. Otherwise, why not just kill yourself? Then that's that's the main reason that I, I was like, that's where, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, when I, when I, I kind of just came to that to me to me naturally. That's where I was like, whoa, uh, yeah, why not just kill myself? Something is driving me to want to survive. Um, there's so many events in my life that uh, lead me to want to stay alive. You know, you don't just stop or stop wanting to survive 
And upon exploring those gut reasons why, you know, you may want to stay alive, it, it, you know, you end up finding these things out about yourself. Let's say that you can prevent suffering from from something from from another person, but but your prevention of that suffering doesn't really influence the way you it wouldn't really influence your own life. Let's 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 say they're on the other end of the world, for example. Would right. you say that that is just as selfish of an act? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Nothing wrong with it, you know. It's just still selfish, but it's good. It's still good. It's still it's ethical. Sel- it's selfish in the sense that you, that you're you're invoking something that you care about, right? You you care about the suffering of others. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So so I think we could I could I could agree with you on this this idea that what we do we do for selfish reasons a lot right. of the time. Right. Um, I would argue all the time. Well, I, but 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 there's also the question of whether it's something is ethical or unethical. Do you do you agree with this, or, or are you a? Um, yeah, but that would that, yes. Now now, when, with respect to ethics, you have to kind of ask yourself the question, which I did: Is there such thing as a perfect ethics, and what does that what does that look like? What does that consist of? And really, should we be trying to achieve a perfect ethic in, in an imperfect uh, uh, world? Well, can can we can we? I, I agree with you. There's no such thing as a perfect perfect ethic. Like, right. no no person is ethically perfect. There's right. that's that's an impossibility. Right. Um. But would you agree with me that it is better to ch- attempt to, to be ethical when possible? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Okay. So so when we're talking about this antinatalist position, um, what the antinatalist is saying is, if somebody is thinking about having a child or, or procreating, they should think about the ethics of it. They should, they should look at the ethics and say, why is it, is it ethical to, to actually do what I want to do here, to, to produce this new being and, and bring them into the world, right? Certainly, so, right, right. Okay, so regardless of whether that's selfish or not, we, we can still assess whether there's, there's an ethical problem with that. Right. Okay. So that's what that's what I want to talk to you about. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I want to start with: Are you familiar with the asymmetry argument? Uh, yeah. I'm, if you tell it to me, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll know it. I've come across so many different types of arguments, but go ahead. You can okay. Say well, it's it's pretty simple. So so the so for the asymmetry argument, you have basically an asymmetry between between existence and non-existence. So for for existence, for example, it's important that someone in existence uh, obtains joy or pleasure or all the good experiences. You know, it, right. it, it, it's important to them because they're in existence and they could be deprived of that pleasure and, and pain or, you know, pleasure and goodness and joy and all that stuff. Sure. Same, same thing with... Um, Pain. For pain, right. it's important that we uh, prevent that, right? Sure, we, I agree. We, yeah. we try to prevent or, or try to try to avoid the suffering. Uh, okay. But when you're talking about from the state of from a state that, that no one is in existence yet prior to procreation, there's right. nothing that wants, desires, or needs any of those good things and any of the joy the positives um so so it's not a value to some to to something that's that's not in existence yet there's no there's right, no correct. value or in existence so right. that's kind of the asymmetry but 
The difference is when it comes to the negatives, the, the, the suffering and the pain, it's still important that we prevent that from coming into existence because it's a difference between prevention of value and creation of value. Now, that's so, where I wanted to kind of step in and, and say, yeah. you know, that, that upon observing uh, human, I guess, behavior and history, uh, oftentimes uh, many great things come of pain and suffering because oftentimes pain and suffering motivates us to seek ways to further minimize pain and suffering. Uh, it may yes. be a necessary consequence of the chaotic state of, of the universe. And that, yeah. that's something that, again, we don't really have uh, yeah. much evidence to go on. But go on. So, so once in existence, once we're here in existence, you're right. A lot of times we have to endure the negatives to get to the positives. And the positives are important to get to. Mm -hmm. But prior to existence, that enduration doesn't need to take place because there's nothing that ha there's no value we're there yet. There's no, there's no value where that could be deprived of the positive. So there's nothing that has to have to endure the negative to get to the positive. Right. And I think the last time we spoke, and I think I know where this is going. Last time I spoke to you, um, we discussed the fact that, came, uh, that life came to being uh, uh, for reasons that were beyond our control. And, uh, you know, we had uh, last uh, left off um, uh, on the idea that, uh, you know, ultimately uh, – the best solution is to have a giant robot scouring the cosmos uh, where there would be uh, potential life and, and doing everything in that robot's power to uh, prevent life from sprouting. And uh, I, that this is one of the reasons why I really can't fully uh, accept uh, your position uh, beyond anything but faith, okay, because there's no real evidence that the universe wouldn't go through a big crunch and a big bang over and over and over again, generating the same conditions for life over and over and over again, such that that robot's efforts would have been completely in vain, which is well, why well, I don't, well, you know. Hold on a second. Okay. So, yeah. so that, that's, a, that's another top. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot to this antinatalist topic. Right, you, you, we, right. can, we could talk about um, life on other planets and things like that. Um, <clears throat> the, the fact of the matter is when two people have decided to have a child, they're right. making they're making a decision for that child. Basically, they're they're saying I'm making this decision, and and this is all beyond um, the whole idea of of the whole human race non procreating out of existence and things like that. Right. We could talk about that as well, because um, because I that that's kind of where I would agree with you. Uh, if if for example the entire human population today decided instantly that they should all non-procreate out of existence, that they shouldn't have any more kids. I think it would be a futile exercise. That's my, that well, my I, argument. Even, even, if it, even if, it, if it took place, I, I agree with you, it probably, it's probably not going to happen. But if, if it took place, I think it would be ethically problematic because that would just allow the evolutionary history of, of the, <clears throat> the Earth to just keep, keep going at you know, and, and it would just cause more harm in the long run. Listen, if the universe wishes to understand itself through our consciousness uh, in such a state that it has to bear the uh, trials and tribulations of uh, everyday, um, you know, problems, then so be it. We can't control that. That's my point. That was yeah, my but, point but, when we first spoke we, about it. We do make decisions. So, so when, when we're making ethical decisions, when we're making a decision to harm something or not harm something... And, and we can think about these decisions and, and causally uh, make, you know, make a decision between options. Mm -hmm. 
we'd have no choice but to make those decisions anyway because right. Right. and they right. happen to be in a in a world such that it happens to you know our decisions can't be perfect because the world that we're in is not perfect right but but we could still we could still assess if we have the variables the causal variables we could still assess between certain options i i can assess that kicking a puppy would hurt that puppy right Right, and I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that, right? But but if you did, you could you could say that deterministically that that was in the cards, but but you could still say that it's something that if you're trying to make a decision, you're, you're going to make a decision not to do that. Sure. So so same thing with with this um, with this. Anti-day. I mean, do you think that somebody give, give you know? Do you think a baby coming into the world can necessarily be like kicking a puppy puppy in the stomach? That's you know. I, I think I think that that when you bring somebody into the world, they will always have to endure some sort of suffering or pain or harm. Right. Right. Um, I, I don't think there's there's any person on the planet that hasn't endured some kind of suffering, pain. Or right. Sure. Um, right. Now, now it might be minimal for some people. You might be lucky enough to have something that's minimal there. But, right. But but and then and that's and that leads us to another argument, which is called the risk argument. Basically, you're mm-hmm. taking a gamble with somebody mm-hmm. else's wel- other el- somebody el- else's welfare. Right. So, right. So when we talk about gambling, um, if you, if I took your money and I gambled with it, mm-hmm. that would be an ethical issue. Right. That's, that's why I wanted to get an abortion. That's why I had an abortion happen for that very reason. That was one of the you know in, reasons why I chose not to have a kid. I, this one that I have now is not my first one. The first one I had, I had to get an abortion because of that very uh, ethical consideration between the two parties involved. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. So. But. But I'm talking about any time two people decide to procreate, mm-hmm. they're they're they're. They're taking a gamble. They're gambling, and they're not gambling with their own welfare. They're gambling with somebody else's welfare. So, sure. so obviously, like you said in the beginning, the person, the child can get cancer later on. They, they could e- even hate their entire life. You never know how it, that will turn out. Sure, it is a gamble. Uh, mm-hmm. Right, it, but it, but it's a gamble. With so so, there's two arguments there. You have the asymmetry argument, which says that it can never be really for the sake of the child. Uh, bringing a child into existence you you can't you can't no there's multiple things involved no you can't you i agree you can't say it's just for the sake of the child when you have a kid at least for me uh, after having gone through that it was definitely wasn't uh, a thought that it's just for the sake of the child to bring not, a child into not the world. just i'm saying it can't oh. be for the sake of the child right it, right right not, like it's that, not that that is uh, a consideration that isn't part of the equation of right correct having, right okay so you understand that. So you yeah. it can't be there for the sake of the child, and you're gambling on the welfare of that child. Absolutely. The child can't consent. So there's the consent argument that, that you're, you're 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 imposing on on something that can't consent. That's true. Um, so that's the third argument. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then you, we 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 get into the state of the world as it is, exists today, which has an overpopulation, which has. Um, um, when when somebody lives in a first world country, they're already imposing on on people in third world countries without even knowing it uh, via slave labor and, and all these other factors. Um, so so they're causing harm that way. So you're by you bringing in another child, you're causing that harm as well. 
Right, about 50% of the time the potential is there for that at this point, sure. Because you can be very lucky and the opposite could happen. You could be bringing a child into a very blissful world with good parents, good resources, good um, environment. Um, that could also very well be the case. And it's yeah, yeah. definitely no, something but, I consider. But I'm saying no, if you bring, even if the, your child is, say, say, say you bring a child that, that is lucky throughout mm-hmm. their entire life, you know, they happen to have a good, li- a good life, as good as you can get on earth. Right. That that child is still imposing on other creatures on this planet because of resource consumption. So so you right. have you have the you know the environmental issue. So right. anyone in first world country is 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 a you know killing the environment. They're they're right. you have I mean if you ever look at your ecological footprint, you you know that you probably have like 30 um, slave labor people working for you without you realizing it uh, just by by having, you know, just by living in a house. (laughs) Right, of course, right, right. We haven't haven't achieved. The the situation right now is definitely not an ideal one, but it's not to say that we couldn't work towards a situation that addresses all of the ethical concerns you have with the world that the child is born into. Absolutely. That's my argument is that I think that uh, I totally agree with what you're saying. There's no disagreement there that the world is a problem right now. But the thing is, how are we going to work towards a solution to these problems if we give up on uh, if we give up on what is the cause of the problem? That's essentially what I feel an anti-natalist is doing, as I felt I did when I was once the anti-natalist that I was. That's why well, I said from the beginning, you know, that uh, I had too high an expectation. Right. Which is great. These expectations, these are obviously this. What you're telling me now is a sign that you have very good expectations or high expectations. You have good intents because you recognize the problems without a doubt. Right. As do I. The only difference is I don't give up on those problems okay. and say, I, you know what, I think it's better if I just don't have any kids because you know these problems will definitely be a, a, a conundrum uh, ethically, and, okay. and that's well, not something that I adhere to. So allow me a to clarify something here because sure, sure. maybe because, I'm mistaken but, but no 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 I, I understand where you're coming from and, and, it, and it's and it's a position that it, it's 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 totally understandable what you're saying there um, but the the issue is as an ant and some antinatalists you're right some antinatalists do this they say antinatalism is a solution and that's it and right. and, and, and but that isn't antinatalism period and that that is a sect of of antinatalists that, that say that. For example, okay. I'm a transhumanist, trans consciousness. I, I think that we should be working towards other goals alongside of antinatalism mm-hmm. to fix these problems. Because I, I, I don't think that antinatalism, you know, non procreant out of, out of existence will probably come to fruition. I don't think that right. that's, that's something that, that's going to necessarily happen. Okay, so are you saying that maybe antinatalism applied in certain aspects of, uh, like, for example, maybe as a means of encouraging control of population growth in, say, China or something like that? Oh, well, just, just of, of the earth. I mean, for, ex- for example, there's, there's, there's so many people right now that, um, <laughs> that uh, can no adopt. No offense to any Chinese people. I'm sorry. It's not what I meant. It's just, you know, I'm just giving an example because I know that they <laughs> suffer from an overpopulation issue but because you know, of SARS and stuff like that. But go on, go on. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good point. Um, yeah, so there, I mean, just just take adoption for example. You there, right. adoption would be a good thing. You know, you, you could adopt, and you can still um, say say you want to educate a child or things like that. That that's all doable without right. creating one yourself. 
at least currently. Now, if like like I said, if everybody decided to not procreate out of existence, right. that would be a problem because right. uh, the, the, there would be a problem with the rest of the earth because we're, we haven't solved the problem with, right. Correct. for example, right. the harms in, in the wild. Um, right. But but that's, a, that, that's not going to happen. That, right. th that's very unlikely. And, and you have to look at your current situation that you're in right now, it being a, um, a citizen in our first world country uh, right. with overpopulation, with, with all these aspects that I, I, I mentioned, the asymmetry, the risk argument, the consent argument, the environment mm -hmm. argument, the, mm -hmm. you know, th these are all problems mm -hmm. that you can't just overlook when you're making that important decision. Sure. Yeah, no. And you know what? I, I've, uh, I, I totally embrace those problems because I, and the way that I do it, the way that I reconcile that is essentially uh, having understood that the world is the way it is. It's not perfect, you know, and uh, that's the those things you've listed to me. Those arguments you've listed are all forms of imperfections that we have to grapple with as we, you know, navigate this uh, this life. Right. And uh, it's it's something that I've come to grips with and said to myself, listen, I can't. Uh, sit here and get scholastic on myself about every single little mistake that I make. I have to embrace that I'm going to inevitably make some of those mistakes, that I'm going to inevitably oh, yeah. make some of those unethical choices uh, for the sake of uh, the, pro the, the the hope of good down the road. And, and uh, you know, it's sort of like um, like saying, you know what, I mean, I may have to take out bin Laden, okay, I may have to assassinate him, even though that's the, not what I really want to do, but for the greater good, I'm going to yeah. have to kill the guy, but we know that killing is not ethical. So uh, unfortunately, though, that's the way the world works. And you can't uh, change that right away. It takes time. And, um, you know, right now, the choice for me to have a kid is that is just that. It's an acceptance that I've I've made some uh, some ethical, uh, you know, unethical choices, obviously, but for the greater good at the end of the road, because I'm going to train my kid to be a good person, to contribute to society as best I can, impart on him my knowledge, my ethics that will hopefully, uh, and that includes obviously determinist ethics and determinism and atheism or whatever he decides to be. I don't even care if he believes in God. So long as he's a determinist, I'm happy with that. Right. I would hate for him to start saying things like, oh, you know what, this guy's at fault for everything he does. No, like my wife, she's a Catholic, okay, and I'm an atheist, but she operates like a determinist, which is very interesting. So, so long as the dogma is not in there in, in his child rearing and, and, and all that is good, you know, then, then, then I can have confidence right. in my ability to uh, procreate, but to do it in a way that's effective in, 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 or in the, in the spirit of uh, uh, producing ethical, uh, I guess, conditions down the road, better well, conditions for everybody down the road. That's all. So, so I want to, uh, yeah, so, so you've already had a, a kid and, and right. that's, that's that you know that's something that already happened and and as i said in the beginning we don't have free will once right. once it once it already happens it happened and right. um so but what i'm i i'm saying that even if you have a kid mm -hmm. it's not inconsistent to be an antinatalist uh, an, right. an antinatalist so for example uh jim crawford he's he had a kid mm -hmm. and he's currently an antinatalist okay um because he understands, so so he says, I'm not going to have any more kids. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, it's about, reasonable. So, so, you know, it's 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 about um, understand. It, it, like I said, it's about causal ethics leading to future outcomes. We we're not we're not in the the um, backward blaming variety of ethics here when we when we don't have free will. 
Okay. Uh, so so I, I just want to make that perfectly clear. No, it <laughs> so seemed totally that, different initially. It, it, I, I kind of didn't I kind of didn't get that impression from the way that you guys had been talking about. I mean, I guess more specifically, I'd say Chandler was more. <laughs> I mean, he's he's obviously uh, asexual. Um, so Chandler, from what I understand, Chandler, yeah, Chandler. So Chandler's a yeah that, and he's um, anti-sex basically. <laughs> so, right, so, which is his thing. I mean, that that's that's totally. He yes. has that neurological uh, makeup that leads him yes. to obviously be the way he is. And I have, I'm not knocking that. I think the aspect that I'm knocking uh, in what a lot of what he says, or, or I, I haven't, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm now I'm getting a better understanding of your own position. But his positions, uh, I, I have a couple of issues with. When he says things like, you know what, I mean, you're 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 unethical. It's unethical to have children, and and while it is, it's it's drawing a very uh, it's 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 I think it's dangerous in the sense that it draws a negative uh, picture of those who have children, and I don't think that's what he ought to be doing. I think I think you have a, a more reasonable uh, way of presenting the whole antinatalist thing, because to me, the way you're describing antinatalism is it's a uh, a facet of thought you can apply when the time is right. Uh, just yeah. like you just gave in your example, I mean, that's that's very reasonable and logical. I would I, I, I would subscribe I, to that. I think if Chandler was pressed, he he would he would say the same thing that I that I'm okay. saying right now. But but uh, but I just yeah he, maybe he hasn't mentioned it the way I mentioned. It. But but yes, right. like like I said, there, there's antinatalists that have had children. <laughs> and, right. So it's a it's a position about future. It's it, it's a future you know future concerns. People understand that they, they make mistakes or, or okay. they don't even consider them a mistake, really. It's, it's really that's the co- that was the causality at that time. But they but they've changed their pos, pos, uh, position based on certain factors. And, and those are the factors right. that I'm kind of uh, bringing up when we're talking about antinatalism is, is, is uh, those, especially like. You know, uh, David Benatar has the asymmetry argument. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of a strong argument that that says that you can never have the child for the sake of the child. Right. Um, uh, you might there might be some other consequentialist. Listen, that's definitely a consciousness raising idea because yes, you know, I think people people are generally not aware of these things. They generally don't give these things thought when they're about to have a child. And I think that Benatar, what he says, is definitely sound advice. It, it is, it's just a, 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 not everyone thinks like a philosopher, though. And that's the thing, right. is that for, for right. Raymond, right. the message that he's espousing doesn't resonate very well if, if, yeah. if it's taken at face value. But if you dig a little deeper, it actually does give some, uh, it, it just works or serves to give some sort of awareness, that something we should be aware of ourselves so we don't right. overstep our bounds. When, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and I, going I about of, having a child, you know. I kind of share some some of your um, feelings about about certain people that ha- that share um, the antinatalist position. Uh, sometimes they could be overly pessimistic. Right. Uh, they're, right. They're they're uh, a lot of times emotionally driven rather than logically driven so so it's, it's right. the same thing with any any field right so you have atheists that some are rational atheists and others you know they're more emotional and so you know you have right. you have that you have that in every, in every field yeah atheists I, that are compatibilists I, yes yes my favorite. Are uh, my favorite oxymoron yeah. okay no problem <laughs> yeah, that's just a, that's just a definitional thing that people play with, right, but, right, but right, they right. avoid per, certain other topics when they do that. But right, 
but I but I think I think this discussion was good because I think I think you're I mean I think we kind of made a connection between our two disagreements. Um, right. Like if you choose not to have any kids, I don't hold it against you uh, at all. You know, it's, it's the, that's your choice. That's your decision. And that's a noble thing. You know, you you may not think that you know exactly what it's going to take to really create a, a, a child that's going to be an effective uh, 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 advocate for change. Uh, you, you, may, you may take a humble position and say, you know what, I'd rather just contribute to the uh, population control thing and not have a kid, period. Um, and that's noble of you. I respect that. You know, it's, well, and you have a very, you know, I, I don't know if that's what you think. I'm just saying that's something that I would not have an issue with. My, my main, sense. my main, my main concern is that people think about this topic before they have. It. So, so, so I don't like, I don't want this talk topic to just go into obscurity. I want people to actually think about this topic. If they, if they, you know, ultimately decide against it, that's just the way causality flowed for for their mindset but right i want people i I don't want this i want people to understand what antinatalism is not not necessarily pin it you know pigeonhole it into some dark uh cesspool of pessimistic thought (laughs) right (laughs) right right that's 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 right that's really i think a a risk factor i mean and and you know what i get it and and you're right and uh with respect to that, and I respect that. I, I totally agree that uh, it's not a terrible idea. It's not, you know, I think that, though, there can be an extreme form of that idea, and that's what I have an issue with. I think if the idea in itself takes a more moderate, you know, uh, outlook, I think like the one we're kind of, I, I, I would assume, we're, 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 we're kind of exploring right now, that's something I feel comfortable with. I don't have an issue with it because I, I actually don't want to have another kid, but my wife wants to have another kid. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, now I'm torn between making her happy and, and being you know, true to my <laughs> beliefs about, you know, having a kid at this point in time, considering the, the fact that my, my child was born with autism, you know, and I don't want to ah. risk having another child with autism because it's fiscally very, very difficult. But yeah. it's been so far very socially uh, re- rewarding because you see that people come out and they start to explore the difference is, and we need to understand, and, and my son kind of gives people, uh, gives, gives me an opportunity to discuss with other people uh, the differences that are out there in, in human beings, the differences in, in brain structure or thought or thinking, the neurotypical versus the autistic. You know, This is oh, a yeah. nice discourse or dialogue to have. It's very healthy. It's important because it gives people awareness of how different we are and that we're not you know, perfect and uh, great. You know, So uh, I think that it's been good, but I think one is enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well... And, and I'm not like as an antinatalist. I'm not saying that some kid is going to make you miserable. I'm, I'm saying right. that a lot of times yeah. they make your life happier. They make they, sure. they give you a lot of joy. Um, sure. yeah. you, you get to teach a, a child and, and, and all this right. other stuff. But you right. have to take into the other ethical considerations and understand sure. that it can never really be for the sake of that child. Uh, right. And, and and you run a really great risk when you when you, you play you play a gamble with somebody else's welfare. So it's, it's right. Really- no, I I just like it if somebody wouldn't uh, uh, throw me into this seemingly uh, evil pile of people if I have a kid. That that's my that was my main concern with okay. uh, with the way well, that certain antinatalists express themselves. And and I, I you know and I think you're aware of that. And that's some good. antinatalists, you know, even believe in free will. So, so I, right. as a free will skeptic, I don't, you know, you know that it's a different mindset, right? Right, you, right. It's not about ethics. Can never be about backward blaming. It can never be about pointing fingers. It can be about pointing things out and saying, 
this is we we need to change these type of things. We we need to change our mindsets and and hopefully adjust it for future outcomes. But it's never about backward blaming, you know, you for having a kid. That's not right. that's not what it's about. Right. Okay. Right. No. But uh, so uh, just you know, just as a as a aside, uh, you know, I think um, to kind of um, avoid this uh, negative outlook on on the views and to create better PR, I think that we got to be careful how we. Uh, you know, bring up this issue, maybe more as a consciousness aware uh, raising uh, idea, just to put it out there, because it's a good idea. It's definitely something people ought to think about before they have a kid. Most definitely. I agree. And uh, it's because it's a big responsibility. It's a big uh, thing. And and uh, I think that uh, it's important to have that that discussion about antinatalism as a positive. And I'm totally for that. I'm totally for uh, this, you know, talking about these four arguments you brought up and making people aware of them so that before they make that choice, they have a, a more mature understanding, I think, of what they're getting themselves into. And Yeah, uh, that, that's really all I could ask. All I could ask right. is, is that people think about the arguments. They right. don't just reject them because why don't you just go kill yourself then or, or some other right. Right. Um, exactly right. Um, right. ad hoc fallacy or right. anything like that. They, they just um, they look at the arguments and they make their decision based. That's, that's all that can be asked for. Right. Um, Okay, so I, I think this was a good conversation. I don't think I, I don't think it went hostile or anything like that. I no, thought no. It, I thought it was. Uh, yeah, definitely. No, I agree. And uh, you know, I, I, I thank the uh, the audience for listening. And I'm definitely you know, it's 45 minutes in. I think I'm all right. You know, I kind of get a better understanding as to the community's uh, sentiments on this matter, and I don't feel like a black sheep. Uh, you know, I, sh- I shouldn't have a reason to feel like a black sheep. You know, uh, that's that's good. That was my main concern is initially when I'm seeing Chandler pl- posting these, you know, pages long, you know, uh, uh, I guess expressions of, of his uh, feelings on the matter. And and I get it. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm like, gee, this guy really <laughs> he seems like a good kid. But wow, there's a lot of uh, stuff he's saying that that's rubbing me the wrong way. So I got to. Yeah, gotta, yeah, you know, a lot, take, a lot take, of times, you know. a lot of times, it's about frustrations with the world and things like that. So. Right, absolutely, and I totally get it. And you know what? Yeah. If Chandler's listening to this, I totally get what you feel, you know. But um, I, I have to fight a battle in academia to defend determinists, and uh, yeah, it doesn't I, help me. Hey there, Daniel. It doesn't help me when hey Chandler. Yeah, it doesn't help me when you when you're saying these things, and it doesn't help my 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 agenda because what happens is it feeds them more fuel. It it it, it lends itself to their uh, correctness about how deficit-based determinists are, and and that's something that I fought against because I'm not a de- de- deficit. I, I refuse to you know to accept that. I I believe in in being able to fix change and fix people if they need fixing. You know, especially people with disabilities. You know, it's like I'm and Skinner, C. F. Skinner. I'm sure you guys are familiar with this guy. Major determinist. Obviously, did all these experiments on on rats and things like that. Really gave a bad name to determinists because they. He really essentially said that if you're already autistic, there's no saving you. If you're if your brain is damaged, there's no saving you. You're screwed, because that and that was a direct consequence of his deterministic philosophy of, de- of determinism. And and you know when you say things like you know um, we you know shouldn't procreate. Obviously, this to bring a child into this world is is, is terrible. It's unethical. Why would you do such a thing? It lends itself to that same vein of thought as Skinner espoused in his own work, which led a lot of academics to see. Uh, uh, that as giving up on folks who needed a lot of help and who needed us to provide services for them in the field of special education and disability studies. And that's why I came at this as as somebody who's trained in disability studies and understands the history of disability, uh, that this kind of sentiment 
was uh, was 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 what led to a lot of the negative um, perspectives towards determinism amongst academia. And when I tried to give a positive uh, light to determinism, it just you know it makes me you know I, I I hit a roadblock encountering your words because I'm like oh God here we go, you know this is what they're talking about. Uh, yeah. How am I going to make? How am I going to do good PR for determinism if this is what determinists think? If this is what they're thinking, so it looks yeah. so fast. So, so I think I think you feel that you, you are being attacked in some way because because you've had a child. Not that I was being attacked per se. It was more just my that I was more frustrated about you know uh, reliving those sentiments that my old professors had about determinists and how pessimistic and how deficit based they are in their perspectives. And I didn't. And that's really what what this is about. Well, okay, I want to clarify a few things. Since you mentioned me in my sure. post, okay, right. th there, there are a few things that I think are happening here. First of right. all, I may not be as a good of a communicator as is Trick Slattery. You know, right, I, right, right. yeah, because I mean, you understand that I am a determinist and that I'm not literally blaming anyone as if they could have literally chosen to do otherwise. I understand right. that. But my posts express my frustration at the fact that people are doing these things that, right. uh, that you know, they are harmful, you know, unethical, whatever you want to call them. So much right. suffering is caused by people not considering what they are doing. Right, right. right. Yeah, and, and so I, I mean, I don't want people to take my post as if it's attacking them or something like right. that, you know. Right. But yeah, and another thing is I think that, you know, this, this pessimism has nothing to do with whether somebody's a determinist or not. I think that, right. Right. I think it's more like my experience with humanity has led me to see that, yes, people can change. Yes, they can improve. But in my experience, it doesn't seem like it's happening fast enough. And so it does seem like um, non-procreating out of existence is the only solution. Right. That's what that's the thing. See, that's the uh, now. And I totally get the, uh, the, the, the disappointment 100 percent. But I think that I used to feel that way. And that's one little, I guess, bit of uh, I don't know. I want to call it advice. I'd say maybe not to overstretch your bounds with your expectations of human beings to the point where you end up being too much of a perfectionist such that it leads you to feel the way that you do, because that's ultimately what led me to feel similar sentiments when I was younger, you know, and, and, and I helped myself and I helped calm myself by reminding myself, you know what, I'm expecting a little bit too much. I'm pushing too hard. And yes, while I have every reason to want things to, to, to change right away, um, I can't, it's unrealistic of me to, to get caught up in that because it's not going to happen. You know, baby steps is when I have to, uh, just simply accept, uh, as the, uh, only, uh, you know, way of handling it is we have to take baby steps. Uh, while I would want to take leaps and bounds, that's not realistic. The world doesn't work that way. And if we keep on expecting that the world will work in leaps and bounds, that's where the danger zone is. And I think that's yeah. where, you know, I would say if my advice is just take a step back before you go into that world of, you know, the, 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 the frustration. It's not good for you. It's not healthy. All right. Because it stresses you out. It's, it stressed me the hell out. That's for sure. When I used to think way, that way. And I just, you know, I had to just accept it and learn to, you know, accept it and maybe divert my attention to entertainment, which was there for me, my family, which was there for me, video games. I freaking love video games. I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. Yeah. In fact, I'm playing Final <laughs> Fantasy Brave Exodus right now. I'm leveling up my Dark Fina to, to six star. I'm, listen, 
that, that these things and I get to share this with my kid. I get to have fun. So these are the things that while I'm and, and believe me, uh, when I turn on CNN, I don't want to hear about Trump. I really don't. I, I, I'm tired. I'm done. I have to deal with it at work. You know, the guy is, is, is obviously a nut job. And, and, and uh, I have co-workers that are really close friends of mine who voted for Trump. You think that that's easy to live with? Hell no, it's not. It's 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 very painful. And these and my friends happen to have helped me a lot. You know, my, the, my one of my best friends, Dan, he's the store manager of the PC Richardson here in Greenville, New York. He's one of my best friends and he's a Trump voter. But the guys helped me out with, uh, you know, getting me a job and I made a lot of money and I'm able to provide for my family and stuff like that. So it's, I'm in a big, it, believe me, it's not easy to, to deal with that, that you're, you, one of your best friends can't recognize the, the folly of his decision. And, and that's, that's just where I have to say, you know what, nobody's perfect. And let me do my thing to uh, lead, lead by example, rather than trying to beat the guy over the head about his short, you know, his, his, his inability to recognize the danger that is Trump. <laughs> yes. So, so I agree with you, Dan, Daniel, that, you know, baby steps is, is the only way that this, things are going to ever right. you know, change in the future. You, you really need baby steps. But uh, sometimes sometimes just giving people a shot of reality, you know, just yeah. just, just give them the, them the shock value or the, or the shot of reality that, that helps promote this. These baby steps, yeah, you know, even even in the long run. But, uh, right. you know. I mean, does that make sense to you, Chandler, though? I mean, to, you know, I, I, listen, I, I'm just trying to, you know, serve as, a, as somebody, I guess, I don't know. I, I bring my, my experiences. I hope that they somehow uh, raise consciousness about a certain aspect that, or something that someone's going through or something somebody's battling against and lend my own experience in those battles and hope that they kind of help to, you know, calm the, soothe the soul, so to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm certainly glad you came on to discuss this, and I hope that we can that we got this clarify what's going on here. But yeah, I mean, I, I really, I mean, of course, obviously, I still agree with anti-nihilism, and because I think it is perhaps more achievable for humans to non-procreate than it is for them to improve enough to make the world worth living into for the majority, even. Okay. All right. That's 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 something that I guess we can uh, discuss. <laughs> but yeah, that would, you know, that that's, would be, a, that's more of a subject. But then, then then I said in the beginning, I said that's more of a subjective position because we really have no evidence. That would require a, a, a full understanding of uh, of uh, humans' full potential, and I don't think either one of us has that answer. So I can't really adopt uh, that position for that reason alone. Um, yeah, that I, that would be a different discussion because I don't, right. I'm not sure if I would fully adopt that that position either. Um, right, right, and right, I'm right. an I am an anti-natalist, so right, 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 right. I I don't think that you know non-procreating or people not procreating um, is, is more easily achievable. Is than, more easily, uh, yeah. It, it's very very difficult very difficult to achieve that. If but. if one of my old professors said that, they'd be like, "You see the dangers of being a determinist." Well, I mean, and and, and they would say that. I, I know that. Being determinist doesn't necessarily lead itself to, to, to being an anti-natalist. It's just that determinism obviously doesn't uh, account for that, that uh, thought from coming into being, and that doesn't make determinism look very good. And that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to uh, show that determinism should positively impact all facets of our thought such that it doesn't lead us to such pessimism. That's my quandary with it, essentially. Uh, with this idea that uh, antinatalism is more easily achievable than uh, change, positive change in, in the species. That, that's essentially my point. My position is, you, you know, never, never put all your eggs in the same basket. Um, right. 
you, you could be an antinatalism, an antinatalist, and understand right. the ethics of procreation and then the problems with procreation. And at the same time, you can understand that maybe you're, it's not going to happen, uh, that you, you're not going to get that mindset set shift to happen uh, and, and work towards other objectives such as um, transhumanism and things like that, right. which, which will prevent suffering in other ways in the future. But uh, Yeah, I think yeah. maybe that's more what I'm looking to debate is that idea. Actually, I think Chandler made it uh, a little bit more uh, focused now for me. Like that... I don't necessarily have an idea, a problem with the with the with antinatalism. I think I have more problem that uh, he thinks that uh, that's more easily achievable than okay. uh, change. Well, I, I think this was a good discussion, but I, I think we've we've clarified the problem, <laughs> and, and right. we kind of I think we we, we definitely no. see each other's positions a lot clearer now because because right. I thought I, at first I thought you were really anti antinatalist. Um, uh, but, I was, uh, maybe I meant to. Maybe I, I misphrased myself at the end of this whole thing. I kind of should have been like, I am anti-deficit-based perspective antinatalism, which I think that um, Chandler ascribes to, because I do think that's more of a deficit-based perspective because it attacks the human, not the idea first. Uh, because if you attack the idea first, you would say the idea of antinatalism is not easily achievable, but human progress is. But he's attacking the opposite. He's saying humans are not easily achievable to their own goodness, as is the, as is the idea of antinatalism. That's my issue. <laughs> yeah, well, well, okay, Daniel, one thing I would like to say is that part of the reason that I'm rather pessimistic uh, about, about humanity is because of the fact that I, I know that every child who is procreated, their parents are going to be indoctrinating them, for the most part, with the same dumb belief systems they have. They're going to be forcing their religion, their politics, their carnism, all of these things on them. And it's for that reason that I, I, I guess that's why I feel like progress is slow because children are not allowed to grow up without negative influences. They can become a, a a person who's you know who who thinks right. <laughs> I, I right. Would... No, and you know what? I totally agree with you on that. I totally recognize that that's a problem. But I think that you're uh, you're attributing that problem to virtually to more people than I think is is uh, is the case. I, I think that you know, like in my case, for example, my wife is again she's she's Catholic. I'm an atheist. She doesn't impose while while she does expose him to. Uh, the dogmas and, and the teachings of the church, and she takes them to church. I have no problem with that because I went to church too, and I didn't turn out to be a religious person. I actually, of my own cognition uh, and volition, turned out to be a, an atheist. And I was once religious, I have to tell you, and, and it wasn't. And I, but I, I was uh, someone who questioned uh, a lot of what I was being taught because a lot of it didn't make any sense. And I was lucky enough not to have people in my life that would uh, make me question my own questions uh, to the point where I would. Uh, where, where, where those questions would be questioned away and pushed under the rug such that I would com be completely uh, brainwashed or indoctrinated into the whole religious uh, mode of thought. I was fortunate enough, okay? But uh, my son, I don't think he's going to be a problem. I th and, and, and another thing that I recognize with my wife is that she operates very much like a determinist. She's not very dogmatic. She's not always calling you know, people, telling them, oh, they're going to go to hell for doing the bad things. She doesn't do that kind of stuff. So it's I, she taught me actually uh, a lot of things that I didn't know before about theists. I never thought a theist couldn't be dogmatic, and she proved me wrong on that. And and I changed 
And, uh, you know, she helped me to do that, surprisingly. There are very few people like her out there, for sure. I definitely would say that. But she is an anomaly, and I have to respect that if she exists, the possibility of change uh, is there, because someone else, much like her, can also come to existence as well. Um, but I can't apply that same uh, degree of, uh, of, uh, of, of concern with uh, the, the way that children are born into this world. I think we're making progress. I see that secularism is on the rise. I see the statistics are, are going more and more in our favor as time passes. And that's cause for hope. Yeah. And, and one thing I would say is, you know, suppose humanity does make great progress to, to where to where, you know, there's there's no more of these harmful religions and everybody's vegan and people are generally very happy. Like, I, I, yeah, I still like I still, of course, would would be an anti-natalist because I still don't think that I that. I can bring someone to existence without their consent, but I'll tell you one thing: I would not, I would not be as upset about others procreating because at least I would know those children would be less likely to suffer. Yeah, and I respect that you're you're bringing in, you, you, but I noticed what you just did there. You're 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 not bringing, you know, you wouldn't want to bring into a child into the world because you don't have their consent. Um, you're really pushing, I think, for perfection. In your ethics, and and while that's commendable, I think it's a little extreme. Only because, uh, regardless of how much you try to stay ultra consistent with those views, okay, no matter what happens in the universe, we don't know uh, if your efforts wouldn't or would be futile. Which is what I was telling Trick before, and that's why I think it's a little much. It's a little what? bit much in that sense. Like, for example, um, yes, let's say that everyone is a Chanda Klebs. Let's say that we just stop existing. Yes, and we've applied those perfect ethics that Chandler wants to apply. And believe me, they're, they're, they're commendable. I, have, I don't disrespect those ethics. I think they're very admirable, uh, and it's great. The only problem is that's not how the world works. You cannot apply that perfect ethics and expect it to work or even know that it would work. We don't know. So we're jumping on a leap of faith here, and that's the problem with your stance, is that um, where's the cha where, what if, let's say, uh, the theories of the universe going through a big crunch and a big bang over and over and over again, uh, in each instance, uh, uh, drawing up the conditions for life to, to be here again, wouldn't lead us into the same point where we say, let's stop ourselves from procreating. And well, it's, we, just as an, it's just an infinite loop. And we, where... We, I, I'd, like, I'd like to address that point yeah, because, yeah, because we, we, I mean, that, that's kind of a different point. I mean, uh, it's like saying, um, imagine you can prevent the suffering of five people, but you don't because you can't prevent the suffering of a hundred people. Um, that, it, it's, it's like that, that it's, it's kind of a mistaken thinking in my, in my opinion. Like, okay. like it's, it's like saying, Okay, so it's, imagine the expansion and contraction. Uh -huh. uh, you you have a certain amount of suffering during that expansion that takes place, but it, but if you prevent it afterward, that that is still that that space that doesn't have the suffering. And then you have the expansion or the contraction, and mm -hmm. it expands and has that same amount. But it, but mm -hmm. it, you're still lessening the amount of suffering that. That exists. In you the may future. be, yes, you may be, like Chandler may be, but the universe isn't. 
So in other words, as much as we want to be no, no, no. It's I mean, it's still less in the universe. It's it's still it's still a less quantity of of suffering that occurs and and expansion. So right, but it's not going to stop no matter what you do. That's my point. It's, it, and I can't really uh, you know I, I I embrace that. Okay, the difference between me and Chandler is that ultimately I, I think I, I I think I embrace that, and I say to myself that I'm going to have a kid. <laughs> I'm going to procreate because, you know what? This is the way the universe works. Let's work with it in its limits, in its imperfections, uh, not give up on it. That's ultimately in, in, yeah, but, in the but, spirit. But you, but you can live, you can work with it without um, without being unethical yourself. Like, like you, you can... Well, you can, can you really? Seriously, can you? The only way that you'd be able to do that, I think, is just to end your own life, to kill yourself. This no, is no, where we go it, back. It's like saying, it's like saying, I might as well kick that puppy because somewhere in the universe, puppies are going to get kicked anyway. It, it, it doesn't. No, no, doesn't, no, not quite. I would, I would disagree with that. And I'll tell you why. Well, that's this is different from kicking a puppy. If you make, if you're making the effort. Uh, to avoid, uh, uh, to make the world, if you're trying to put the effort in to make the world a better place, okay, you're not necessarily going to kick a puppy. So it doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't kick a puppy to make the world a better place. And likewise, you don't want to create unnecessary suffering. And then that's the whole antinatalist point is you're, you're, when you produce a child, you create this unnecessary suffering. You you create this amount of suffering that that is unnecessary because there's nothing that wants, desires, needs to come into existence to... And my point again, on top of that is, yes, I agree, but that's the way the world is, my friend. You can't I know, I know. even change it. You could subjectively decide to, to, to not have a kid, which is fine. I have no problem with that, again. But at the same time, there are those of us who will think that we'll take it on. I, I believe in taking on what the universe uh, that puts before me. In yeah, all but, its in all its imperfections, but you don't That's take all. it. You don't take it on by making it worse. You take it on by trying to make it uh, of better. Of course not, right? Of course, right? So, 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 so we're back. A, I'm just, I'm just saying what 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 Chandler was saying is a little different than what you and I are discussing. Okay. Um, he was saying, um, you know, I ultimately uh, would not. Um, uh, reproduce because uh, well say that say your stay your piece again channel I'm sorry I'm I'm like I'm, I'm looking forward to watching Game of Thrones and I'm totally like losing <laughs> yeah okay yeah I was just basically saying that I still think that the, there are so many reasons why I would not procreate because first of all you know it would impose suffering on on somebody potentially and because they can't consent to it and for me that that's what you said okay that's what yeah that's what i meant the consent issue yeah right like that's what i'm saying is that uh, there's the, that's that's what that okay so let's focus on that because it's a tough one it's a tricky one that one that one's very good uh but I, I i really feel like i have the 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 reason why i i think that's a problem and, and again um i think i may have to write this out to kind of uh make it a little bit more clear because it's a very uh, uh, how do you say? I, I, would you agree this is an under-discussed aspect of, of antinatalism? Um, the the con- consent argument is actually pretty big in the. Yeah, it's big. I mean, what's what? I mean, that's. It, I, I just. I've like not, I said, you know, it's it's one of the. I've uh, come across you, it, but I haven't really, you know, meted out a good, solid, 
response. And I think that takes a little bit of time. This is an idea. I'm not backing out. I'm not saying that I'm defeated here. I'm just saying that this yeah. idea needs a little bit of, of refining well, to express correctly. It, it's but definitely, definitely it's... Yeah, it's definitely something that you can just you can think about and and you know get back to us and and what, what your thoughts about it. But 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 there is the issue of consent. Like like when we when we invoke um, acting on a person, you know, like like doing something to a person, we we usually say that you want to get their consent. But okay, but like here's you, something well, impromptu. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just got an impromptu method, uh, thing that I just came up with. Uh, so okay, so consent. Uh, again, the universe didn't allow for conditions for life to be procreated such that we could get consent. So right. really, I think that's, I guess, an angle I can take where I'm saying pretty much that, you know, while I'm admitting that that's the way the universe works, I have to work with that. I, I, while I would want there to be a way to procreate where I can get consent, I, I got I to I gotta say, it's a, it's a little bit weird only because I, I didn't ask for consent to be here, but you know what? In many ways, I'm actually happy that I'm here. Yeah, and, and, then, and that's, that's where, and that's, that's a where lot like, of people. A lot of people are like that. A lot of people are right. happy, but some aren't. Um, right. Some right. aren't. I would say I would understand where those who aren't would have a quip with the idea of not getting consent for being here. But that is something that they have to reconcile in themselves. Because again, I was once at that point in my life where I felt that way for sure, and I reconciled it because I admitted to myself that nobody's perfect. This is the way the world works, and I have to accept it. Otherwise, I'm never yeah. going to be able to enjoy my life. That's my, well, my point. Yeah, but you, don't, <laughs> you say you have to accept it. That doesn't I mean you have to do it. Like, well, because that, if I that, didn't that accept other it, people, then I would. Well, you can accept that, that, that the universe, you know, that procreation is going to happen. Obviously, you can accept that that the, in the wild, it, it's, it's crazy. Right, but then <laughs> think can, about what's going to happen. If I don't accept it, I'm going to suffer because I'm going to be forever wallowing in that state of mind that says, you know what, I didn't have consent to be here. Fuck them. Fuck, you know, the, my parents for bringing me into this saying. world. I, yeah. That's not healthy I, for yourself. I, and that will lead you down this, a very dark and dreary path, dangerous okay. path, I, I even suicidal path. So, so <laughs> yes. So, so it's, it's hard to, it's hard to talk about these type of things without, without invoking like, um, this idea that, that if, if you, if you didn't get consent, then you can just blame people and, and 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 it's the it's kind of the non or the free will mindset right that you're that you're addressing there correct is this idea that yeah and and, and we're talking about something else we're talking about something is, is it really about, something else though is it really i mean is, I, yeah I would, yeah yeah it's all about forward projection of what we do uh ethically if if possible you know if we if we have the capability of doing something uh, it, it's it's just about projecting forward our best actions, right. right? But we shouldn't, you know, get pissed off about the idea. I I don't think. No, I, I think that no. I don't think I, I don't think we should get pissed off at the idea of not getting consent. I think that that's it's that's not what a, it's about, a, a, right. a path towards a a dark and dreary world. Yeah. I I don't want to you know go down a path. I've been there. Don't want to explore that path again. But that's my that's my quip with Chandler's position on that respect. I think that yes, he can have that position if he wants. But that's his prerogative because at the end of the well, day, it's gonna it's gonna make him he's, really he's saying, upset. He's saying that people <laughs> that that ethically people should consider this consent issue. Yeah, and say, but we can't. Yes, I know. But again, we can't. There's no. Again, like I said, I wouldn't. I would definitely love if we can. Uh, if we can make. If I can make Chandler happy 
and gave him a world where you can make your choice whether you wanted to be here or not, fuck yeah. Well, but you some can't people, do that. But the some world people, doesn't work that way. But some people can. Right? <laughs> okay. Well, how? What do you mean? In which case can, can they? Some people who, who edu- are educated on, on certain topics can, can make the decision not to because of the consent issue, because of the risk issue, because of the environment I'm talking about issue. the consent of the, you know, he's talking about the consent of the child, not the consent of adults involved in creating that child. I'm talking about, he's saying that, oh, you know, the fact that the child didn't give consent to be here in this world no, is no. like a forced way of, you know, being brought into he, the world. And that's not fair either. He's saying he's saying that the fact that the child can't consent right. would be would be a reason for us not to procreate, not not okay, not to but that's, not to okay, impose so, a non-consented uh, life onto somebody that can't make that cons- consent. So it's about right, a, but that would be impossible. Sex. That's like an impossibility. Uh, 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 it's like you can't, um, you couldn't logically do that even if you wanted to. There's no way of asking that child for their consent in the first place. There's right. no way. That, that's the very problem. <laughs> that's the problem. But, but, the, but my, my point is, why should that be a problem? Because if the child be, can't. Because, because when, when you're injecting in a life that, that can be harmed and, and, the, and the life can't consent on that, then, then it becomes an ethical issue. It's like saying. Um, but that's contingent, upon the, uh, that's contingent upon the conditions that the child being born into being either very shitty conditions or very good conditions. We, again, uh, that's another aspect of the problem here that I'm having it, with it. It, it, could be, it could be that they have good conditions in, in the beginning, but then right. they have a really horrible end of life or something yeah, like you that. Can say, yeah, but you can say, you know what, I, I, you know, I'm going to have a kid. I'm not going to give him permission to choose whether or not he wants to be here. But shit, the world's a, pl- a very great place. Why the hell wouldn't you want to be here? And then the kid's born. He's like, yeah, thank you. Great. What's, the, what, what's, what's to avoid that from being a reality, too? I mean, that, that's because that's what like, I'm saying is that it seems like, you know, that, that, that's applied in, in all respects as if the I – mean, I think that would make sense if in all respects, in every instance, the, the time that the child would be brought into the world would always be a bad place. That's where I would say, you know what, Chandler, if, if that were the case, then I would say, you know what, you're right. But that's not the case. The world could yeah, be it, a great place and, and it could be fine, perfectly fine to do that. And I'd be okay with it. It doesn't have to be a, um, a, a good place or a bad place. Um, right. Once, you, once you're talking about the asymmetry argument, then, then you're already saying that you're invoking uh, some kind of harm that's going to come to this child, regardless of if, if they happen to have the, the good life or the bad life, uh, that they can't consent to. You're, you're, you're invoking uh, a... Um, uh, what's what's the word? Unnecessary harm. You're right. So you so you're imposing this unnecessary harm that that, and and this being can't consent to you doing that to them. Right. right? And that's that's in the situation that the choices you're making are in such conditions that there would be you know uh, harm. But what's to say that in certain conditions there there wouldn't be a necessary harm in order to gain a desired um, uh, I'm, I'm sa- well-being. I'm saying- because we're talking from the state of non-existence where okay. there's no valuer that, that values the obtainment of the positive. You're speaking a priori, essentially. You're speaking it, axiomatically. No, no. Okay. It, this, this is – You know, actually, guys, I, I kind of have a response to this consent thing because now this, cons- this consent issue um, is important in other areas where a person may exist. But let's suppose a person's unconscious. 
let's yeah let's suppose that a person does exist but at the current moment they can't give consent because say they're in a coma so so, so then now suppose somebody you know rapes somebody or 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 puts a tattoo on them or takes some of their internal organs out while they're in a coma and can't give consent and and then after the person does wake up from the coma then they become uh, upset because somebody did something to them without their consent i think that's right. something pretty serious that needs to be taken into consideration and I, sure but I don't think every aspect, every facet of uh, every situation or scenario of consent is like the one you draw up. It could be a completely different scenario where the, it could be the complete opposite. Like I want my consent to uh, to do something that will benefit. You know, I, I can't give my consent to do something that will benefit me. Okay, but you know, you're still doing it anyway. And then when I wake up and something's something better that wasn't of my consent happened to me that helped me out, you better damn you're going to be damn sure I'm going to be thankful about it. So there, these are the scenarios you're drawing up are often limited to scenarios where it's always uh, against the idea of consent, never for the idea of consent. Maybe there's instances or scenarios you could draw up where consent would have been uh, where non-consent uh, or doing something with somebody's non-consent could have been beneficial to them because they just didn't know better than the person doing the act upon them that they had no consent for in the first place. So, so that, that's the thing is that it's not, you know, we the problem is these, the problem yeah, is. The problem is there's a there's a kind of a lack of knowledge of what's going to happen. So right. so so when you take the gamble, like mm -hmm. like 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 say I I stole you know ten thousand dollars from you, and right. I gambled it. I gambled it and I won a um, million dollars, and I split that with you. You'd probably be ecstatic, even though right. I stole that that ten thousand you know that that ten thousand dollars from you. Right. Sure. But, okay. but 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 at the same time, I can steal that ten thousand from dollars from you and lose it all and you know and what you're i gonna would be... say I, yeah but for the first instance yes and i understand what you're saying but you know what shit i'm glad you got lucky buddy thank you you know what we got very lucky we're determinists anyway so i guess uh, you know i'll so, take it i'm not gonna be upset at you for it because hey you made it if you if you did i'll be upset but not so much because at the end of the day it's not your fault you're an idiot enough not to know better to do that <laughs> but the problem is I'm, I'm still doing something unethical I, i'm i'm stealing your ten thousand dollars against uh, you're not consenting for me to do that and you and know I'm, that's okay because sometimes like i said unethical actions can lead to ethical results and that's a known fact just like you just you described the one one such scenario and uh, we can't look at every single unethical thing this is what i was talking about earlier i said you can't look at every single unethical situation as an unethical one because we don't know necessarily what will come of it and that something positive couldn't come of it this is where I think that we're kind of missing the point. I think that yeah, but oftentimes we think we assume that, oh, every ethical act is going to result in some sort of a terrible outcome. Every unethical act is not going to result in some sort no, of terrible no, no. outcome. It could very well right. result in a great outcome. Right, and right. That's, it, that, that's of... possible. But, but what we're talking about right now is, is this consent issue. The, the, consent, right, right. the consent issue is if I steal your $10,000, you're not consenting. To that. Okay, let me try to frame it this way. Okay, so non-consent. Okay, listen. All right. I mean, uh, it, it, I still don't. I'm not fully convinced because there's still a problem, and I, I keep on going back to it. No uh, uh, unethical act, okay, is uh, uh, necessarily uh, going to always end up being a truly terrible or having a truly terrible outcome. That's sure. just not the case, okay? Agreed. So that's why I feel like the 
non-consent argument is a little bit wishy-washy because uh, it's an, it, it, it tries to paint every unethical act. In order for it to really be a valid st- stance, you really have to somehow be able to paint every unethical act as, uh, as giving rise to terrible consequences. And you can't do that. That's no, impossible. No. But, that, but that's not what we're addressing here. Okay, so, okay, so, okay. so for the risk argument, you're, this, that is what we're addressing. The risk argument and the, um, the asymmetry argument, there's always going to be some harm that, that, that comes in with existence. For the consent right. argument, we're addressing the fact that you're, you are doing something not for yourself, Right. Um, I'm sorry. Not not. I'm sorry. Not for yourself. Not against yourself. Not um, taking the chance on yourself, but on another person. So by me stealing your money, I'm playing with your welfare, not my own. Understand? Right. So, right. so it, that's something that you're not consenting with. Uh, if but I, you still decided to give me the money you won by your by virtue of your unethical choice. Uh, you're still giving me more money than what I had to begin with, even though well, you made the unethical it, decision. If I if I won or if I lost at all. Now, if you if you I'm... won and you ran with it, then you'd be a real jerk, and that's that's when you'd be a real you know that that's that would be a real problem. But you drew the scenario with that kind of you know. Right. <laughs> I, I but, think I should I, you know had you just drawn that, I would have said exactly what you said from the beginning. But now we're going you know uh, to two different well, no, scenarios. No, no, I, I, I'm talking about the two different scenarios are two different possibilities. We'll say. Right, 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 right. right so, right. so, so. By me taking your money, you, you know, I'm doing something unethical because you're not consenting to me taking your money, and I'm just stealing it from you. So I, right. I'm, I'm playing with your welfare, basically. I'm play, instead of instead of my own welfare, I'm playing with your welfare. Okay. And, and so, then I'm only giving you half of what. Even if even if I win, I'm only giving you half. But right, right. So yeah, but you're still giving me half, which to me I don't. I think it kind of um, it kind of uh, waters down. A lot of the, the the merits of it being an unethical act, or how truly unethical is it really? It becomes more watered down because you're giving me more money, even though you made an unethical choice of taking my money without my consent to win more money. I mean, you probably, you know, that's that's a tricky one, and I'm not really fully. Yeah, because you, you wouldn't be saying that if if you if you lost the money. <laughs> so, I would, so. You know what? I, no, you know what I would be saying is that it could have very well been the case that he would have won the money. He just didn't know any better, and that's not his fault. So I can't be mad at him as a determinist. So right. you know what? No, I, no, yeah, we, we, we I think we all agree with that. But, but right. So but, so um, that's but that's that's my point. That's what I'm saying is that's why it's not a very strong. But when but when it comes to making dis- ethical decisions, we understand that that. You know, doing something without your consent for that that affects your own welfare. But we don't really, yeah. But again, we don't really know if anything that I do without your consent wouldn't be better for you. We keep going in circles here, and I'm hoping that you know eventually I'll be able to get it across. I don't know how else to really explain it. But that's my that's why I don't really ascribe to that kind of thinking. The very reason the 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 statement I'm making right now is the very reason one of the very reasons I don't ascribe to that particular position with about consent. I don't care if I give or don't or get consent or give or don't get consent, whatever. I don't. I really it doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, I don't know any better as a child. I have no knowledge of the world that my father or mother has that I ought to be able to make that choice in the first place. And 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 to be honest with you. 
I don't, uh, I don't, I, I don't uh, think that that's a very strong, convincing reason for me not to want to have a kid. It's just because I, I'm not able to give them the consent. To, I'm not able to ask for their consent for them to be in the world. I mean, what? How do they know that that, that the world wouldn't be great for them? How do I? How do you, you know, know I mean, is the question. Exactly. So, how do I know? Exactly. So, right. no, so I that, was just going to say that. How do I know too? And but at the same time, that's the way the world. That's where I was going to go now. Like I've been going from the very beginning. That's the way the world is. It is imperfect. I have to accept it and all of its imperfections and just work to the best of my ability to make it better. So this way we don't have concerns about whether or not we should be giving consent to children. That's so, before they're so born. That's my say, point. Would you say it was okay for you to go and steal somebody's money and gamble with it in hopes that you win? I just wouldn't have confidence in, in taking such a risk. I wouldn't say that it's, uh, you know, I would, I, I would just uh, off that on, on that uh, scenario, I would simply say I wouldn't do it personally only because the risk factor is, uh, is too high. Okay. Now, so you can very so, well take so the that risk. So risk. the risk argument is, is, pro is probably stronger for you then, than the right, consent sure. argument. <laughs> right. I, but okay, so even the risk argument is still problematic too because uh, even with risk, um, that all depends on the conditions that, that, that are in place. Like if the conditions were in place such that the slot machines would be uh, uh, able to give you a win of $10,000 for every uh, thousand you put, I'm sorry, for every 9,000 or 10,000, I'm sorry, okay, let me put it this way. Let's say that the slots were able to win you uh, $10,000 for every, I don't know, thousand uh, dollars you put into it. That's a pretty decent turnaround. I mean, that's, that's pretty right. good. I mean, I would, I would, I would take my chance at that, but if it's like, and I'm, I'm sorry, this is coming through as a bad analogy and I know it is. Okay? Well, I'm just trying it, my best it only is but if because, I went through, yeah, oh, go ahead. because when, when we're talking about procreation, there's, there's actually a whole lot of risk that you, that, I mean, it, it's, right, it's, it's not akin to a slot machine. I get it. I listen, but that's just one, I'm just trying to make the point that we cannot, uh, uh, assume uh, or or delve into this position um, without being mindful of the possibilities or the possible conditions there are such that our disdain for having a child at any given point in time is something that we go through with. And, and um, that's my point. And I hope that makes sense. It's my, yeah. essentially what I'm saying is, is that, you know, the conditions could be there and we can make it happen such that maybe through our future generations and through our teaching them to do the right things now, um, that the world would be better enough such that we don't have to be concerned about whether or not we give children consent. I think that concern is born of a very, um, uh, of a very terrible condition that we're in right now. I, I think that that's ultimately what it is. And that's really the root cause of this sentiment. I really believe that's the root cause of the sentiment because you, I, I don't feel like you can make an, a risk argument very easily to me. Uh, oh, really? Uh, no, only because Again, that's all contingent on the, the conditions of, of the world at the time that we decide to have children. And uh, yes, while I recognize that the world well, right well, now let, is definitely let me give, not Let me give you one, one solid fact that's going to happen. Okay. You, you bring somebody into the world that they're going to have to endure their own death, correct? Sure. So this is something that is a fact. There, 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 right. There's no, there, um, so, so, so it's what? one, that's, it's that's one harm that you're, it's just one harm that you're creating when you create a new life. Okay. If, but that's, that's something I haven't accepted. You know, death and dying is something that we all have to accept in some way. So, I accepted but, it. But you're, you, but, but you're doing it against somebody's consent. You're, you're, you're doing, you're, you're, you're saying this person's not consenting to me forcing them to have to 
go through a dying process. Right, and that's only because the but laws I'm are in place to, such I'm that we can't all be to, like Dr. Kevorkian. Okay, let's go, you want to go there? Let's go to Dr. Kevorkian. I'm, I'm a strong supporter of Kevorkian. So what? Mind. Okay, great. So, so that, that, that kind of renders your argument very null if I tell you that, you know what, if, if the way to die uh, was painless every time, your argument falls apart. It doesn't work. And especially since I'm a yeah, supporter of Kevorkian. It's, it's, it's almost it's No, almost it is because Kevorkian's method was truly painless. And, and that's something that I would uh, yeah, uh, totally yeah, but support and, and would want society to adopt that method instead of going through the grotesque method of someone dying in a bed of cancer with morphine. That's not doing anything for them. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, that's, but, that, you, but, that person is suffering. But that's Kevork, terrible. Kevorkian's patients suffered greatly. That's the whole point of, of Kevorkian. No, but what I'm trying to say is Kevorkian's methods can be used if we make the choice to die in a painless manner. That could address your concern about them dying painfully. Be, no, know, no, 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 no. Not, not just dying painfully. I'm talking about suffering their own, enduring your own death. That's even, given that the even, suffering, okay, yeah, but you wouldn't have that suffering. Even psychologically, imagine the psychological suffering that those people had to endure. There'd to, be no to, chance for any of that suffering to exist if the choice were made available for a person to implement Kevorkian's method of dying. That's that's my point, and then that's not a good, you know. <laughs> so let's what? say that I, I knew I was I was getting cancer. Let's say I okay, I'm gonna obviously somebody who goes through the fourth stage of cancer is suffering immensely. I wouldn't even let it get to that 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 point. Just to prove a point to you, I would say, you know what? Maybe uh, Trick Slattery once said to me that I can, you know, I, I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't have I should have asked consent or I should have given my consent because I would suffer uh, the, the the death. Uh, you know, and I'm like, you know what? Well, he's wrong because now I can choose to die painlessly. So where does that argument go? Does nothing for me. Next, what, what, when you say you I'm can dead. choose the, yeah, I'm well, dead. once, once you're like, dead, like, once, you, once well, you're like, dead, you're dead. But yeah, but, but, like, but prior like to Mark that, Twain once said, "I was dead a thousand years before I got here. It didn't bother me one bit." And prior, I've been under anesthesia too, so I know what death is like. Once you're under anesthesia, death is oh, yeah. totally uh, something not to be afraid of. It's really oh, no, uh, no, nothing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's non-existence. Not, it's not about death. Uh, right. Like I said, or it's, suffering, about, you know. it's about the dying process or, or enduring but that dying your own process, dying. But that enduring wouldn't be an issue if we implemented Kevorkian's method. That's what I'm telling you. Uh, every time, every every Kevorkian patient endured their own I, What I'm process. saying is that it doesn't need to be that way. You can choose to die of your own free will, of your own, excuse me, of your own choice, right? <laughs> you can, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, but you can, you can make the decision to die, okay, in this way so that you don't have to endure that suffering. If, you're, if a doctor tells you you're, you're terminally ill and you're going to suffer pain, pain beyond, you know, what is worth uh, you, you're going through, some people actually may choose to endure that pain, in fact. And there's some people who I've known have, have, have chosen to endure pain over their death and dying. What, what's to say about that? That's a whole other topic. But at the same time, to address your uh, argument, it's not really an effective argument to me. If, if society got to a point where the uh, opportunity to uh, kill yourself in a painless way to avoid suffering were there, to address your, your, your conundrum here. Well, no, That's my point. My, my conundrum has more to do with to the pain, but the psychological suffering of ending your own life. So, so when people are in existence, more, almost everybody, I mean, ex with a few exceptions, have some kind of psychological suffering when they know that they're about to, they're about to die. That's not <laughs> that's not applicable to me. I, I disagree with that. I mean, that, that yes, while most people maybe that may be true. I don't know. I don't know if there's any studies that have said. I don't. Maybe you know more about that. But but that certainly does not apply to me. And in fact, I wouldn't allow it to apply to me simply despite you. <laughs> 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 to be very honest. 
Oh and yeah, that, that, and that would be a very easy thing to do. And that's, that would, you know what? I would not, you know what? And that's that'd be totally valid. And and if you ever wanted to hook me up to a polygraph to tell you, you know, if I'm being honest about how I feel about that, you're more than welcome to, and I'd be able to show you. All right. <laughs> at, at, at end of life, I'm going to hook a uh, microchip up to your brain so we can determine. No, I'm just kidding. But you anyway. see, okay. But that's that's my thing. Is that yes? It's a it's a, listen. That that's a very clever one. But it didn't it didn't convince me. I I agree. You know that that's a good. Well, that, that's it's, a, just, it's definitely that's, a strong argument. That is one aspect. That is one aspect of the risk. Or that's not even the risk. That that's a fact. And then right. the rest rest you're risking cancer. You're risking. Um, rape you're risking all of these horrible things that can happen and but that's a... all that's all contingent on whether or not we can make the change okay and that's where i decide to choose the path of being that agent of change and that's uh that's something you have to reconcile if you want to reconcile it great just don't make it seem like i'm doing something terrible in the process oh, right. that's my only quip and i said that before and this is where we're going again and and I'm hoping that uh, I think my, my path is more, I think it's, it's not the easy way out, that's for sure. I think the path that, that Chandler ascribes to is more the easy way out. I take the hard way out because I like challenges. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm just throwing that out there. You can take that yeah. as you want, whatever way you we're, want. We're, we're, only, we're only addressing future actions. So that, that's right. how we're addressing. We're, we're, like I said, we're not trying to blame you for anything you've done in the past or anything like that. We've all... I mean, like I said, no one's ethically perfect, right? Right, but this but, whole thing about making, you know, getting a child to, you know, not because you're not getting, because the child's not giving consent to be in the world is unethical. I think that that's a problem. And I, I, it's tough for me to, that's something I have to focus on, I think, to really get clear in writing. And then especially I've tried to express it verbally. Yeah. Um, I think he has to think about that one. It's fallen short. It, it's come short. I, I, unfortunately, it's not an easy one to, um, to express. Yeah. I could say that with, when that's combined, especially with the asymmetry and the risk argument, then then it's it's pretty strong. I, I can kind of see how where you're like that it's not probably the strongest argument. I mean, it's not from my perspective as a Antonis the strongest argument, but it right. still is. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a good argument. That I mean, it is you, it is a good argument. And but but um, you know, I, and I agree, it's a very good argument. I think it's it's well thought out. I think it was very clever in its construct. Who do we owe the credit to for this one? Who's the first one to conjure this argument? Oh, I, ha I have no idea on the consent argument. Um, that, oh, okay, all right, because that it, whoever, it probably has a, that very clever. It probably has a long history that, you know, with with an antinatalist. You know, so, I'm sure. Anyway. Uh, but uh, I think that there's a problem with it, and I, I see it already. <laughs> it's all contingent on the condition. Listen, at the end, that, that's that's essentially what I'm going to stick with. It's all <laughs> contingent on the conditions of the way things are in any given point in time for that which, argument to really hold weight or hold no weight at all. I mean, that's which, that's the thing. Yeah, but but it's contingent contingent on the environment that you can't be sure of in the future. So so right. But so at that, the same time, neither the can that person. Right, and neither can the person making that argument. That's my point. You know, so it goes both ways. And if you think about it, it it's like well, you know, it, it doesn't go both ways because because the gamble argue. I mean, when you, when you say you're gambling with somebody else's welfare, it's that's fifty that's fifty. If if you tally yes, because if you tally it down, every single possible outcome for everything, it would be a fifty-fifty thing. Even, even if it was like like. A ten percent chance of of a, of a negative, it's still a risk that's unnecessarily taken. Yeah, that, but, uh, that's that's the problem, and and that's the problem with the asymmetry. So, but the scenario you're drawing is just one of billions of scenarios. I mean, I, I could, 
it's it's not uh, uh, no. I said very... I said I said even if it's just a ten percent chance of 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 a horrible you know thing right, happening. but it could be a ninety percent chance of something not happening. That that's the thing is that if you, that's if what you, I said. If you that, normalize that's what ten percent chance means. So so even right. if it's a ninety percent chance of of people of someone having a good life, right. you're still taking that ten percent chance. Um, right, but that ten percent chance could be. No, but that 10% chance could be 20, it could be 30, it could be 40, it could be 50. That's my point. We keep no, on going the, back to that thing. You, no, you're, the 10% you're drawing of the that negative. scenario. The 10% right, you're drawing of the negative. Scenario. Okay, but even the 10% of the positive, it doesn't matter. You can, you can draw a no, scenario I'm for saying, either way. I'm saying it could be a 95% po uh, positive and a 5% negative, but you're still taking that 5% chance unnecessarily. But what I'm That's, saying is that, that that chance you're taking can be of a, of a completely different scenario, too. That's my point, is that you, you can't, you know, you, you're, you're making one scenario and you're forgetting there's many others that could totally be in favor of a positive the, life versus the negative. The many life. others would be in the 95% chance, we'll say. So the, we, don't, we don't know that for sure, my friend. We really don't. And that's, that's my point. <laughs> well, is that we're, we're kind of going on faith on this whole idea of, uh, you know, and with respect to this particular aspect of the argument of antinatalism, we're still ultimately faith-based. We're making, I, I think it's a problem, and I, I'm not going to make the same mistake that a lot of pantheists or, 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 or agnostics make uh, and it seems like a very similar argument we're making here uh, that a lot of theists make when trying to, you know, uh, prove or disprove the existence of a god. I mean, essentially, it's it's not uh, you you can't. I, I'm going to uh, simply work with what I have, okay? And if if uh, the consequence is such that my the the child I I bear into this world, you know, had a choice or did not have a choice, is to me besides the point. Uh, because ultimately you want to achieve a world where it doesn't have to be a matter of making a choice. You shouldn't have to be concerned with making a choice. The world should be something you're born into that you'd want to always say yes to. That's my point. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, that, that, I, that's a different, like, 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 I agree with you. I mean, th that's the whole transhumanism, trans But the possibility that that, ex that, but that, that possibility in and of itself is why I think that the, um, the consent argument is not convincing to me. Um, and uh, so long, if if it was the case that uh, that the world was always going to be like this, no matter what, no matter what, that would be a different thing. But we don't know if it's going to be that way, and we don't know if it's going to be better. So we do know that there's a gamble, right? I mean, you, you it's it's undeniable that there's a gamble, correct? Yeah, but the gamble is again contingent. If you if you listen, it, it it becomes a gamble if the variables are are such that. Um, there's a, a chance of anything uh, being the case, okay? But maybe the chance is the maybe there's a chance of it always being the case, and in, ca in that case, it's not going to be a gamble because you know with 100% certainty that it's always going to be good. We don't know if we can hit or achieve or right. uh, uh, you know hit that 100% certainty that the world is going to be great, and we don't know if we can achieve that 100% certainty that the world is going to be complete and utter chaos. We don't right. know either way. Again, that's, my point that's is, the problem: is is our epistemic uncertainty, our our, our uncertainty of knowledge in right. this regards, makes it so we have to take a risk to do that. But it's an unnecessary risk. Right, but it's, again, it's it, that's why the argument does not really does not hold to me. That that's the very reason it doesn't hold is because epistemically we're not certain, and um, I can't bank or hedge my bets on what I can hedge my bets on is this: that obviously I see progress. Uh, right. I see that the change can happen. I see we can make things better. I see there's room for progress. 
It's just yeah. a matter of overcoming those obstacles to get us to that point, that transhumanist uh, goal. And I think that uh, given that that possibility is there, I find that the consent argument is very, uh, is very wishy-washy. It's kind of weak. That's all right. All. I, I think we can leave it. At, <laughs> we can leave it there. I mean, I, obviously, I, I disagree. With, I mean, I no, think I think the the risk argument is stronger than the consent argument. But but I right. think the consent argument argument still something. You know, it's important that you're I'm saying. curious to see what everyone else thinks about this, though. It's it's a good it's a good debate. I think this is something we'll have to continue at some point. I want to definitely do my best to convey a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, maybe on your end as well. You you want to do your best to convey a little better than me. I'm sure. Um, I feel we both feel this way, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we could we could go back and forth here. I mean, that, right. That's that, that's just the nature of these type of of discussions. Debates. And yeah, and I and debates. I appreciate you know your uh, your cordiality in this whole thing. You've been good. <laughs> All right, Chandler, I think it's time to close it up. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's time for Game of Thrones. It's starting in 20 minutes, guys, so enjoy <laughs> if you're a fan. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, this is just a very good good discussion, and it's it's fun listening to you guys as you go over these common anti-natalist arguments. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I still... Are they common? Are they common? I'm surprised. I don't, I don't think I've, I've, uh, anyone's ever brought up Kevorkian to you guys like that. <laughs> oh no, Kavorkian's brought up in the antenatalist community. Oh yeah, I, it is. Most, oh, most people are sent- most people are pro are pro um, assisted suicide in the antenatalist okay. community. That, that's okay. That's fine. Okay. I thought I was being original there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, you you would be surprised, Daniel. Just how well the kind of conversations that I have seen in the anti-natalist Facebook groups and on the blogs all over the internet. There's some weird stuff out there. <laughs> but yeah, and, and I feel that there are many more anti-natalist arguments that we haven't even mentioned today because who has the time to mention everything? But but thanks once again for joining us, Daniel. And you know that you're also welcome to join us on other topics that we do on here on most weekends. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. All right. Okay. So, um, hope everyone enjoyed listening to these guys go at it. Um, I don't know if I have anything to add unless, unless any of the people who've been listening in have something to say. I'm curious if you, if you, if, if anyone wants to add anything, I'm just curious to hear what anyone wants to say about this topic. I'll add something off air. Okay. That sounds good. I, well, I guess that's it. WSD, anything? Well, all my comics, you see my comics. Yeah. That's pretty much my view on things. All right. Well, we'll look at your comments. <laughs> yeah, he left a lot of comments in the Skype chat. So I guess that's it for now. So um, I hope somebody learns something from this. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>